Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. Uh, this will be episode zero, technically. Um, we're called uh, Crankshaft. Uh, my name is uh, Salty Narwhal, and I will be one of the co-hosts here. Uh, with me is our wonderful, long-haired, uh, deep-voiced uh, caveman, and our <laughs> and our guest of the day is going to be. Hi, it's me, Lunar Kitten, or you can just call me Elder Cat, whatever fits. It's contradictory, I know. Yeah, and uh, so, so a uh, little bit about ourselves, so, and we, we can swap an alternate if you want. Um, but we are a uh, going to be a horror media podcast, um, so talking about uh, anything uh, horror, um, but we're, we're sort of broadening it to like me- media in general, so it can be like games, uh, books, uh, radio shows, or whatever. Um, I, I have a th- few things in mind when it comes to radio shows. There's a uh, there's a uh, a good radio uh, show that I used to follow for a long time. Might might talk about it a little bit, um, but also uh, manga or books. You know, we'll 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 expand um, depending on what we're feeling or what what's requested. <laughs> we'll we'll push out on that. Uh, so, uh, um, you want to introduce yourself a little bit, Caveman, and uh, we'll uh, okay. we'll talk a little bit up. Okay, then my name is Caveman on here. I'm going to be the co-host here with Salty Nawal. I've worked with them as well as other people, especially inside this company, and it's. Even for this podcast, when we are talking about horror-related subjects and genres, it's going to be, not everything's going to be serious that we look at into. Little bits here and there will be, depending on the source and what we are looking at. Other times, it might just be campy horrors that we look into that sort of lightens up the entire genre. So not everything is just going to be grim, dark, all serious. It's... We're going to be hitting mostly both sides of the spectrum and everything in between to more or less look into it, sometimes go into deep dives and try to see if we can't get new perspectives on what's going on or how people were trying to get stuff interpreted. Yeah, like we <laughs> we, we don't want to be serious all the time. I, I think that would, I mean, it'd be <laughs> fun in a sense, uh, you know, the, the thrills, the chills. Um, but uh, honestly, having a little laugh in there every once in a while. Uh, even like D, I, I guess you would call them D-list films, but they're they're still fantastic, or like D-list um, books or manga stuff like that. Um, they're always they're always fun to like read or or listen to or watch. Uh, you, you you can especially make fun of them for quite a while. I I, I kind of have a question yeah, added yeah. to this. Like, so you guys talk, you're saying you're gonna hit all spectrums of horror and whatnot. Uh, will you will you also be maybe talking about like folklore horror in a sense like not go straight into vampires and uh werewolves but like just like local tales that are kind of like superstitions and whatnot like i'm, I'm curious if you're going to go in that aspect or just like more like social media or just like entertainment wise kind of stuff yeah, i mean i guess if you're talking about like cryptids for instance i i i don't i don't mind going over cryptids um i i i love cryptids in a sense um but uh I, I don't know. 
it just depends on I guess how we're feeling and uh, what 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 you guys want really. Um, but we're we're more than glad to sort of delve into the deep depths of that world. Because <laughs> if you are, uh, I know a lot of superstitious and, and you know, paranormal things. Well, and even one of the movies that I recommend and put on the list that we have, if like once we get to it, it's called The Ritual. It deals with Scandinavian lore for like the entire background and the setup for what it is. So it's not necessarily, it's not, we're not limiting what horror is to just and jump scares and everything. It, again, we're going to try to at least look at or cover everything that sort of blankets that term yeah so it's not necessarily sticking to one specific thing and one specific thing only but have it like a worldwide thing of hey these are well known not so well known sort of under the radar for a lot of people these have their own little cult classic horrors type thing so it's going to be all over the place Okay, because I was just curious, because I know sometimes people, when they say they're going to talk about horror in a different range of things, sometimes they mean, like, a section of range instead of a variety of range. Well, it's not necessarily in the aspect of wanting to only deal with, like, popular or pop culture horror and whatnot, because that's sort of something that everyone's already seen, already knows about, like, we can still talk about, you know, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Those are types of horror, but everyone already knows about it to an extent. And sometimes, like, we can still talk about those, but it won't be as fun because it's just reiterating the same things over and over again that everyone else has said. Yeah, well, either that or, like, that you, <laughs> well, I, I, if, if you're even interested in, 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 in that sort of topic, r r realistically here, like, you've probably seen half these movies anyways, um, or at least the remakes. Ugh. Um, when, when I'm making reference to that, I'm thinking of, like, Rob Zombie's Texas Chainsaw. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't mind, but I, I prefer the old school, 100%. Um no, you could also say, um, we could also reference in general, or maybe talk about, because we could talk about the classic horror, um, definitely, like, um, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, um, Dracula. What about that first bald vampire guy, um, starts the end, right? That's, too. That's it, I wasn't even close, but yeah, that <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, th those are definitely options that we could talk about. Uh, I don't know many other um, podcasts or people that really sort of go over that. So that, 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 that could be a start that we could go over, at least when it comes to classical horror. Yeah, because there, you people are seeing this sort of resurgence of remaking classic monster movies. It, it's sort of in a new angle for a lot of them. Yeah. Like, if you haven't seen The Invisible Man yet, totally recommend it because they've done it in an aspect of it is a monster movie but not really about as you would think about it but it is taking a modern social problem onto that spotlight mm. there is a resurgence to bringing back these monsters but if done in a creative twist makes it interesting again instead of just Guy wrapped in bandage coming at you. Are we talking about Tom Cruise's The Mummy? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, but even that series was more campy than anything else. Because yeah, the minute you trying to be serious and throwing in Yetis, making football kicks, it's okay. Touchdown, <laughs> boys, we're in it. Anyways. <laughs> well, well since, since you talked about that, would you do everything maybe in the future you would like do a compare and contrast to like here's how they did it compared to what we do um like maybe special effects versus like cgi or something like that like special effects or props versus like how we modern day use it where it was just like cgi based with a little hint of of props yeah no i definitely want to talk about that especially when it comes to like um oh gosh um Practical effects? Like, well, yeah, like especially practical effects, like blood horror. Like hands down, like <laughs> I'd love to talk about that. And especially the creativity that come, like, yes, CGI today is used to cover up a lot of mistakes and makes everything better in a sense. There's no argument for that, but you got to hand it to the people when doing old school horror the amount of effort that goes into practical effects because at a glance it's just like okay this might have been something that actually happened but instead it's their prop department that's able to do work like this and have it look realistic and the amount of effort that goes into it well, it's also the, the comparison of, um, like, modern-day cameras being, like, digital, um, where you, you record in, like, 4K Ultra or whatever, where it's, like, a 35-millimeter um, lens versus uh, what, what we had back then, or 35 or more. I, I think you can get the up to 42-millimeter uh, camera uh, cameras, but, like, you know, that's already, like, you know, uh, like, $7,000, $8,000 you know, camera compared to like the 16 millimeter back in the day, which a lot of these OG um, films are you know shot in. Um, like uh, the the movie we're gonna review next week, and we'll give a hint at the end of the podcast about that. And let you guys know. Um, but that that one was actually filmed in 16 millimeter, and then it was repurposed into 32 millimeter, or um, not repurposed, but uh, re-edited and remastered. Hmm. Which definitely so basically, like, yeah, it's something else to add onto the list too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could definitely talk about that next week as well. Um, just the the show, like, what what made that film change when they remastered it? Um, at least well, of the course, there's no issue. But uh, so while while we're on sort of subject about talking about movies, though, um, what is your favorite um horror film, and why 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 was it your favorite, or is it your favorite? I guess starting with me, then favorite horror movie is sort of a in essence you can call it a subgenre of horror, which is the mockumentary style really popularized you know Blair Witch popularized that whole thing of walking around with a camcorder everything looks realistic how all the setting how the people interact and whatnot but this one I give more props to because it sets it up sets itself up better to be realistic because it puts in the extra effort to not only have its mockumentary style but whenever it begins to recreate scenes 
off of a statement it said of these are based off of true events, it sort of shows that quote unquote film grain scene being recorded. The film, if anyone wants to check this out, I highly recommend it. You can find it on YouTube or any place that you can look for videos. It's called The Fourth Kind. It is, like I stated previously, it's amazing in that aspect of it. it's going in as a concept. It lets you know at the beginning these are based off of quote-unquote real events that happened in Nome, Alaska. With Milia Jovovich giving you the overview beforehand of the character she's playing, what all these events are going on, as well as archival footage being used side by side with the scene that they are quote unquote recreating to show that yes, they couldn't get everything correct in the recreation, but it is giving you a comparison to what they are presenting as archival footage. Now, it, yeah. it's still in that vein of mockumentaries, so it's not necessarily real which uh, some people get irritated about because it's like, oh, fine, you know, this looks, it's good. It's, you don't necessarily have an overarching villain in a sense, but it always fills you with this dread that something is just happening. There is no quote-unquote face to put on it. There is no person to direct everything at. It is just events are happening that are breaking these people. And for, in my opinion, that's just amazing. Yeah, like I, I, I definitely get that. Um, review on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like definitely, we sh we should do a review on that. I, I haven't seen it. I know you've talked about it before, and at this point, <laughs> I feel like it needs to be a must for me. Um, but... It is probably like one of the best acting from Mila Jovovich besides the Resident Evil stuff that she is known for. Yeah. Even if this is like just a side project here for whatnot, but it's still good. Uh, I, I think for me, um, it, it would have to be a tie. I'm going to be honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first one, I really like the. Uh, sorry, I'm. A of course, my phone had to go off on a recording, but uh, I know I gotta put it on silent. Uh, <laughs> of course, but um, it, it it is honestly a tie for me between um, come and see, um, and I I know because I'm from Texas, but uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, since most people know about Texas, Texas Chainsaw, I'm going to talk about Come and See for a bit. Um, it's basically about the the German occupation of Belarus uh, during World War II. And, uh, oh, the, yeah, that film. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically the, what, I, what I found really uh, interesting about the film is uh, the exceptional acting. Uh, that these guys put through um, the lack of um, music, which actually built more tension uh, in the movie than I, I've ever seen in any other movie. Because um, most movies rely on, on, on music to sort of increase the heart uh, heartbeat and sort of have the person lean forward because they don't know what's going to happen next. But the lack of music... Um, brings the tension up 
especially when you, there's a very like high high tense moment or um, very very disturbing moment in in that film. Um, the I, I will say some people might not consider it a horror movie, but I I think it personally is just because of how descriptive they were of the brutality that happened in Belarus. Um, it definitely uh, earned all the different prizes um, from the different film festivals that it was taken with, but with that surrealism and the ex existential crisis it can almost cause into people from watching it, I, I definitely felt that uh, it, it uh, almost almost uh, hurt, hurt my heart the entire time watching it. <laughs> I guess there's no Oh, I, I can completely understand, especially when dealing with like. But that is another film that we will be reviewing since we did find a version that has English subtitles. Yeah, I've only seen it in. So this is what <laughs> what actually makes it even crazier is the fact that I've only seen it in Russian, um, and and it already made me on edge. I uh, being able to actually read the movie with subtitles, even though they don't talk a lot, they do talk. I feel like that'll that'll add a, a, another layer of uh, horror for me, and I'm, I'm super excited. I am so excited for it. And last but not least, I don't fit in this crowd. I'm a scaredy cat by nature. <laughs> not even to make a joke, I'm terrified all the time of that stuff. But if I don't, okay, so I don't like horror movies. So I'm just gonna talk about one that I remember. And and since we're trying to do things that are not commonly known, I don't think. A lot of people know this one because it's, um, I think it's a Korean uh, horror too. And for some reason, Netflix said, hey, you must like this video because you watch this. I don't know how I got from like, hey, I like watching the singing video to everyone's being murdered by a song video. But anyway, it's, um, if I recall, it's, I think it's called, yeah, here it is. That's what I thought. It's called um, White Melody of Death. Um, so I guess I'll give a s summary of what I can remember, but honestly, I, I hated it because like you said, like a lot of horror movies need sound to build up tension and stuff like that. And honestly, because of a lot of the ambience and the music that went with it, it, uh, I think I cried at one point. I, I tell you, I'm a scared cat by nature. Anyway, um, so this is about there's I think it's four or five girls. I think it I think it's four girls that um all want to be like, hey, I want to be a pop star, I want to be famous, blah blah blah. And so they all go to this camp to try to basically compete against each other to be the true true idol. But during that time, they basically find a cursed song, and it goes down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out why is this curse killing everybody and stuff like that? Why is it haunting us? And it just, it took me, it took me on a roller coaster of emotion and tears. Um, so if you, if you want to watch something that's not really commonly known, I, I, I would recommend it from the parts that I recall. It's called um, White, the Melody of Death. Yeah, so that, that's one for me that I'm just, I don't like horror. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Whatever. So, okay.
that's something that can, you know, like I said, it's going to be dealing with all spectrums of horror in instances like that because some will actually be a bit more on the psychologically disturbing side. If you have seen Come and See, that is a prime example of it. It's mostly because it's an anti-war war film. We will go on a yes. quick break for a second, and we'll go quickly for you guys. Alright, thank you guys for that. Like I said, I was just going to take a brief second. But, uh, yeah, so we were basically talking about um, Come and See and then uh, White Melody and Music. And, um, honestly? White, the Melody of Death. Or, oh. Melody of Death, yes. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so here's another thing that we can sort of talk about just for a brief second. Um, foreign horror versus American horror. And how that's changed throughout the years between the two. Which one's, like, become scarier um, to people? Or, like, what we can consider scarier? See, now if you're talking about what we consider scarier, I'm on, like, so there's a spectrum. There's the middle of, like, indifference then there's the far thing of you guys enjoy it, you're kind of near that area, and then there's the point of I want to cry and don't want to be here, which I'm moving to that area. So we're, we're going to have two different answers here. <laughs> well, I, I could sort of make the argument that American, like westernized horror, has somewhat gone downhill in a sense because it's sort of devolved into you got to have the jump scares, you got to have like these orchestral string hits whenever something jumps at you and pops at you just to get a reaction out of the audience it there's barely any build-up for horror anymore and then you have like the eastern style of horror which in a sense become is the more unnerving because it actually it probably builds that atmosphere in a sense in my in my um because i agree with that but on a different on a different wrong reason i feel like um american wise just because that's american and then foreign uh that's only two things i've really seen i haven't gone out there to watch other stuff but i feel like we kind of overuse our technology to the point that it makes it tacky and don't get me wrong, I'll be scared of it, but I feel like we overuse it instead of actually playing to the strengths of people who create things. While in other areas, who may be limited to not have the technology that we have to do certain effects, have to rely on a prop. And, and, and personally, I feel like prop builds more of, a, of an atmosphere and attention than you will get with a computer that has no life in it. Well, I mean, I'm, I I know that we've we've had some good modern horror movies that America's done. Um, what the the Hills Have Eyes was definitely a good one, though I don't remember how many years ago that was. So that's another thing. Um, and we have. Well, oh, yeah, but it still builds on those. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, that's fine. Go ahead. It like even for the Hills Have Eyes, it still builds on that unnerving atmosphere. Yeah. To sort of get the audience member like into those scenes in a in a sense, because it's not just you know constant jump scare, jump scare, jump. It's 
it sets everything up and if you like once you get into it you sort of feel like you're in those scenes as well and you can just feel the tension everywhere um, well, I mean, The Hills with Eyes was technically 2006. I would, I would still consider that modern, um, so long as it's in within, <laughs> within the 2000 era, because <laughs> you know, like effectively, horror has been going on for quite a while, like film-wise, um, since uh, what the 30s with uh, Nosferatu. I mean, even literary horror, in a sense, too, oh, has no, been going no, for... Oh, no, 1922. Well, that was the... Yeah, that was the film, so... I know there's a copy of that film somewhere. I will try to look for that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um... But, like, you... Like... I only consider that modern. It's like, that's one aspect of Western horror, but the most conveying version of it all like they're even making a new conjuring movie like the conjuring the devil made me do it where it it's going to fall into that formula where it's just going to be nothing but jump scares because it has to be entertaining like for an example you can see this progressive change on subtlety to in your face about it with like the paranormal activity series the first two, you can easily, like, you can make an argument. Those were great horror movies because you had no idea what was going on, and it was the full-on atmosphere of all your only perspective was these different camera angles most of the time. Little camcorder here and there, but most of the time, you're just watching these recordings. Like, you're like having the VHS thing? Like, that, that kind of horror? In a sense, but it's... It makes it feel like it's more confined because it's no longer like someone with a camcorder looking around every time there's a noise. It is just a wide shot, and you're, you're the one having to look. It's not the camera moving whenever, oh, a cabinet door just shifted open just a little bit, so we got to move the camera to zoom in on it. No, you're actively having to look around, knowing that something's going to happen, but not sure when, and it makes it more unsettling. The first two, in a sense, had that going for it, and then it slowly was starting to go downhill with, we have to add, like include all these jump scares, jump scares, jump scares, and keep escalating it to a point to where it's just comical, in my opinion. Well, I, I definitely want to sort of uh, point out something that I, I, I kind of don't like in modern horror. Um, I guess with like the Conjuring series, because it involves Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, personally, I don't, so, th th this is opinionated, of course, but I, I, I do not like, uh, the two of them, because uh, I feel like they've, uh, benefited heavily over these people's tragedies, and, uh, now releasing these sort of, um, backgrounds, or, or even during the time when they were actually involved in the actual events they they made it extremely public and i feel like in in, in small cases it sort of ruined um these people's lives and 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 so releasing a movie based on an event that they sort of dramatized um I, like, uh, like the new movie that's coming out um 
the the devil made me do it the conjuring uh, or you could just call it the conjuring three um I yeah it's coming out next month um, it was like, yeah. well it was like even from the conjuring movies too they had their own little movie franchise that split off from that about the annabelle doll which in all intents and purposes, usually whenever a movie, unless it is like a serious biop or a documentary, when it says these are based off of real events, it is the exaggeration they put into it just to make it interesting is off the charts. Because if any of this stuff was actually happening, it would have been more publicized. It, there would have been more coverage instead of, Here's our stories on how we think, and a little news article clipping from back in the day when it happened. This would have been, it would have been like, in a sense, game changer for a lot of people. But you have to take these stories and then full on exaggerate them to, well, maybe this happened. Well, maybe this could have happened to. Well, maybe this is a thing that happened to. It loses value in a sense. Instead of actually having fun with the source material, you're pushing the line of what you can now consider be like, hey, this is based off of a true story. Not really. Yeah. And and definitely with, uh, like I said, the, the case that I'm mentioning, it ended up being in like the Superior Court or the Supreme Court. Um, and he served... I think it was five or ten years for killing his uh, landlord. Um, but the Warrens were like trying to like prove that he was he was possessed the entire time, and have like a uh, a formal exorcism on him, and that like it, it was crazy. I rem I remember um, re reading about it getting to like. The superior, like I said, superior Supreme Court, and I was just like, that, that's insane that it had to go that far. But, you know, the, the, the times are changing now. Because that was, what, uh, probably like 1980s. Well, it's all depending, but I mean, it, for horror just in general, it's just gone through at least different perspectives shows it in a different way yeah. to where that's majority like horror for Americans on the big screen on the small screen even video games all are reliance on these jump scare aspects of we gotta get in your face we gotta you know bright flashing colors so sporadic and everything just to scare you and that's our horror yeah, um, I mean, I, I definitely miss the uh, the classical um, sense of dread <laughs> in, in the easiest sense or, or, or uneasiness um, when 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 you're 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 pulling let, let's say for example you're, you're you're pulling for the the livelihood of a character um, but then you see you know like the ghost or the the killer or whatever you know is opposing this this main character at the end of a hallway or behind him hauntingly standing there it's like well so, he's, he's dead or she's dead 
So you're saying we're leaning more towards a dramatic kind of horror instead of the more subtle uh, horror? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, at least that's how it's been changing in, in American horror. Um, I'm, I'm hoping well, that... Well, I, I realistically, I, I've been uh, not going into indie horror, um, which is like, you know, stuff like thriller and stuff like that. I feel like I should. Because I, I feel like maybe indie horror ha is is going on those notches, but they they could be doing the same thing and repeating sort of a history instead of trying to make something new. Um, so it, it's something that we could definitely look into and maybe give a insight to once we sort of know a little bit more about it. Well, even for indie horror, they they have more room to sort of flex their elbows and like creativity of what they want to do. Mainstream, they're looking at it more of we got to make a profit, we got to get all this money. Like, even for the example that you gave, if you think about it, like even the original Halloween movie, that was subtlety at its best. It was still him, you know, coming out to kill people, but you still saw him, like, either in the distance, behind the clothesline, just there as a presence sense before the action happened and not just pop in boom killed you pop out pop in all this he was there as a presence and that's honestly started off as an indie movie that turned into a franchise that slowly had to reboot itself you have other indie films that do aspects like those in all honesty the human centipede is something that falls in line with something like that too it's it's nothing to it's still dealing with body horror and whatnot but it is something that makes you unnerving because of what's going on there instead of just like jump scare jump scare bright lights you know we gotta get all these people to come back to spend their money we have, we're doing this for profit instead of how creative can we make the medium that we're in you know that actually makes me think of like the Leprechaun. Uh, I don't count the other yeah. one because honestly, the first one was. They were all they were fantastic. That, that, the, he went to space. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know when you're out of ideals is when they send them off to space. Jason. But um. <laughs> but I I I remember it because I'm still horrified to this day about the pogo sticks scene. <laughs> I hate that. I'm not sure the reason why I look up at elevators because I'm like, oh, please don't get me. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then here's a question we can all answer. It's like, what was the, if you can remember, what was like the first thing, if it was like horror related or had any of those aspects to it that scared you? Like, what was that first thing <laughs> that you saw was just like. Chucky. Fair enough. Um, though I, I mean, in general, so he, here, here was the setup for it. Um, watching Chucky at a young age, um, immediately after Jurassic Park. So I was really excited, and, you know, I, like, Jurassic Park was a fantastic movie. Um, it had, it had its, like, you know, quote-unquote scary moments, but, you know, I was, like, six, seven years old. Um, <laughs> and then following immediately after that, watching Chucky... Um, completely just threw me off into like this 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 <laughs> world of of terror, and um, 
you know, my mom used to own all these um, dolls that we had around the room, and whew, I had a hard time <laughs> sleeping, and um, in fact, I, I probably did not sleep that night. I was, like, crying under the covers half the night, because they, they would all, like, face the center of the room, and I always felt like they were staring at me after that movie. Um, I think I think the movie for me, even though today I find it hilarious, but as a little girl, uh, well, little kitten, whatever, my, my mom and my dad would make fun of me how the fact that I would literally scream behind the couch as I watched the movie crying uh, was Gremlins. If you think of the movie now, it's really hilarious. But as a child, when you first see it, like, because honestly, the scene that I remember that scared me as a little kid was when uh, at the end where the gremlin was popping out the water, bubbling in it. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I, was, I was terrified. I was terrified on Christmas to snow because I was like, please don't let them. Please don't let the gizmos or the car. Don't. I don't want it. I don't want them to overrun the city. I mean, then just don't feed them after midnight, then. Salt. But they multiply no. water. And it, it was, it's snow. Snow is water. I'm multiplying every step they take. I mean, don't feel bad. For me, the first... It was actually, like, two events that I remember clearly. One of them actually being Jurassic Park. For, like, the scenes involving the raptors, because it... Yeah. Looking back, great movies, but just seeing those scenes, it was just like, I was scared. Legitimately scared because it's just like all Clever. you ever saw. Well, it's just all you ever saw before they jumped out was just a whole bunch of leaves kept rustling all over the place, and it just terrifies. At a young age, I love to go camping and all that stuff. So just yep. like that, just like oh, there's something in the grass, and it's just right away. It was that, and then I laugh at it now, but back then it still terrified me. But it was a which episode it was but it was like one of their early seasons of the simpsons when it had like you know oh, the halloween. it was later huh like the halloween ones no the, this was the one it was later included that it was just mr burns getting a whole bunch of medical stuff done in his happy juice and then they just sent him out into the woods where he's just like radioactively glowing like an alien in the woods oh yeah before before seeing that part and just seeing it without context still scared the crap out of me because it was just like I had no frame of reference at the time of what is this was it's just completely horrifying. Okay. Now I can look back on it and just laugh and be like, oh, these are great classics, but it's just like as a kid you can see, all right, yeah, this would scare someone. And to be honest, uh, zombie related Eddie moot movies in general terrify me because I'm terrified of zombies not because it, and it's for the it's for the weirdest reasons I fear zombies for the fact of the an actual possibility of like a, a brain eating bacterial or virus or some kind of disease because like it, in nature there are things that do that and I'm just thinking with how things go and um, thrive and or evolve corona and stuff like that i'm just like there's a possibility there could be a zombie disease and that terrifies me just watch army of the dead then it just came out and it takes all the fear out of it because it's just ex-army people with guns shooting them down in vegas 
so many questions with that entire sentence. I mean, I mean so like. Uh, Zack Snyder. That's that's all you. What's your favorite comedic horror movie? Hail to the King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evil you Dead. Think, yeah, but say, everyone knows what that was. Hail to the King, baby. If you haven't seen the series, it's good. It keeps a lot of the campiness, especially from the second and third one. I just like but the medieval it, yeah. one. Army of Darkness, which was technically not supposed to be a part of it, but they were just like, ah, oh, just throw them in there. For for me, it was definitely like I think one of my favorite ones is is uh, I I don't I, I don't think you would consider it a horror, but at the same time, it has like horror elements. But it's really a Shaun of the Dead. Oh yeah, that's the British version of it. Yeah, I I, I still I'm technically afraid of it because of the zombies. I like I, I still get scared about it. I mean, it's funny, but it's the throw records at one, try to kill it. Can we keep this one? No, it's crap. Okay. <laughs> Actually, one that I kind of want to watch, because you had mentioned it the other day, and I, I didn't, I didn't know about it until you did. Um, Willy's Wonderland. Oh, the Nick Cage one. Yeah, Nick Cage basically finding all the uh, uh, mechatronic. Things. Nick Cage versus Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it. Okay. Put it on the list. <laughs> on the list, boys. It's not a good list, but it's a list, regardless. Yeah, another good one, I, I guess, would be Cabin in the Woods. That was 2010? Oh, that was still a great one. It, it has its comedic moments, but it's also a homage to horror movies and monsters. Then on like, uh, let's see. I mean, if you want, there's Saw, the original one. I have a question. Would you count, um, like, aliens as horror? Because I remember I was terrified of that. Would you say that's more suspense or horror? Yeah, I, would consider, I wouldn't consider it. Um, I would consider it horror. At least, probably at least the first two. Yeah. Be like, especially the first one because it's so claustrophobic. I don't the spaces in the, in the shadows. Well, <laughs> here's how to get over that fear. Just look at some of the pre-production stuff they've done for Aliens. How the design of the alien has changed, of the xenomorph has changed, and one of the original concepts was just to put a dog in a costume running around. Wait, I thought that was the thing. No. Also a great movie. I literally thought they put um for the for the thing that moves on the floor. They literally dressed up a dog with like kind of tentacles and stuff. It just went real. Also, the thing did scare me too because I I even though I'm a cat, I love dogs. And the fact that that dog wolf just would whoosh, I was terrified. Yeah, I mean, again, those are quite, like even for the thing is suspenseful because it's just isolationism in this like scientific research based in the antarctica no one can really reach you for a couple weeks to months and now all of a sudden something's here 
I feel like if you, I feel like Antarctica and space are technically two sides of the same coin for the fact of isolation. It's just depending on what kind of coloration and sound you're going for that really gives a different type of um, eerie ambience feel to it. Because like if we had to think about like alien versus the thing, they're both terrifying, but one has more color than the other, but they both somehow still give you a sense of fear. It's sort of, I, I would guess it's sort of in a sense of not only the setting that they have for it, but it gives it a different feel to what's going on. One being, you know, out into the unknown, in a sense, like we're still wanting to learn anything about it. And the other one is terrestrial, to where we recognize these locations and whatnot, but the horror can still happen here. Out there is a bit more understanding because you don't know what's going to happen out there. In here, oh, it can happen here too, Ooh, and it makes it a bit more unsettling. Yeah, I could see that because uh, I think that's probably why I was technically more scared of the thing than I. I am scared of both, but I feel like it was more scary for me for the thing because I'm like, isn't Earth supposed to be not like this? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think. Uh... I think that's a good, uh, good bit on it. Um, well, I guess the last thing I kind of want to talk about is, uh, will we have, and th this is honestly a hope, it's just a sort of brief topic, we could, we could expand upon it later if we want, but you think we're going to actually have another, uh, um, slasher film that's actually going to, uh, pop up and and actually just make what what maybe the next generation might consider a classic um, just sort of to the list I personally believe slasher films are now going to fall into sort of that cheesy category because like you can't really say that the setting, unless you put it in an appropriate, like, year, wouldn't really be, like, a probability for a modern era. Sitting, like, the accessibilities people, like, the average person has to a weapon for self-defense and whatnot has gone up since those early slasher films. The direction that I can see horror going into, hopefully, more independent route, where it is not really these big corporations coming up with it, but the ones that you see showing up online, like your horror-esque ARGs, where it is no longer a movie being sent out of here's everything that you need to know, but instead it is a series being made on the spot with your community and feedback's help. To which direction do you guys want to go? How unsettling? Here's secrets in here that can make things more unsettling that you, the viewer, are able to solve. Are able, you're able to get involved into this process now. So it's no longer just sitting back but being active is, I'm, at least I'm hoping, that sort of direction because it's, it'll make it at least a bit more fun. You can still get scared, but it's 
increasing the involvement instead of just sitting back and letting everything play out. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely um, hope that we, 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 we get that sort of genre to come back. If anything, you know, <laughs> we could base it off of some of the hundreds of serial killers that ever existed in the United States between, you know, the 1900s and, well, even the mid-2000s. Um, I, I, I forget oh, the guys. Of course. I mean, you you could definitely make a movie off of some of these guys, though. I I I don't want it to be their life story, because you know I, we right. we never want to like bring these guys to a better light, or or you know even try to romanticize them. There are a few that have been romanticized, um, for example, like Ted Bundy, Charles Manson, um, but. I, I definitely think it would be cool to have like a like a slasher film or like a horror film based off of like Andre Chikatilo, for instance. I, I think it would make I, a movie off of something like the in, like the events around Andre Chikatilo. Yeah. That is one a full on hard thing, and just I mean it he, it will be some unsettling stuff. Yeah, but uh, I mean. <laughs> what is horror if not trying to make someone nervous or you know un un being unsettled you know you, you never want to be comfortable I, I i don't think anyone would just wants to sit down and be like i'm going to be comfortable for the next three hours while watching this slasher film yeah but this slasher film is also teaching you how to build an unganga in your apartment <laughs> so it is it's not pretty it's it's fine. <laughs> you can't have this and that without having everything in between. Can't make breakfast without breaking a couple of eggs. <laughs> yeah. And cooking some bacon. I'll just decide to skip it all entirely. This is why we will try to go for rotating guests and only bring you in for the more fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're basically going to be swapping out different, uh, different guests, um, depending on what like, what film we're watching or what we're reviewing at the time. But just so you get a, not, not only that uh, mix review, but you, you get to hear a different voice every time, and maybe it's more something along the lines of their passion. Instead of their fear, because <laughs> their definition of fun is very different from my definition of fun. Well, it's also interesting to get those side, like yeah. those perspectives too, on how does something like this scare you? How does this invoke those kinds of reactions into it too? And every we go start going through these different episodes and whatnot, we're not just going to drop people into this and just say, "All right, we're going." you know, 100 miles an hour, you better be along for the ride. We will, when appropriate, give warnings on what to expect whenever we talk about certain subjects. Because not everything is, in a sense, appropriate to talk to people if they're uncomfortable about it. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, we, that's a perfect transition. Thank you. Um... Next episode, for instance, uh, we're actually going to be reviewing, and some people consider this horror, some people don't. Um, uh, it is considered 
um, and in a technicality, body horror, um, and that is going to be Ichi the Killer. Um, it is a Japanese film about basically uh, everything under the moon. So uh, if if there are things that make you uncomfortable, and I'm I'm very serious. I'm leaving a. But yeah, um, effectively, we're going to be sort of going everything under the moon there, and it will include a lot. Um, but so once we get to like the grittier episodes, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, especially episode technically one, we're already going off the off the deep end. Um, but it will include a lot of different subjects, and we'll sort of include what's going to be in that episode. And if you don't enjoy that, uh, you can just go to our next one and. We have something completely new about every week. Um, if we're going to have like multiple parters, we will let you guys know. Um, but um, but uh, as far as that goes, yeah. yeah. Next week we're going to be doing Ichi the Killer. And uh, prepare yourself for shocks galore. Hopefully she'll be fine, if anything else. Talking about the subject matter will be one thing, but then discussions afterwards will lead to another, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, we'll bounce the subject everywhere anyway, so that's kind of how, how we are. But Like I said, we're, we're going to be like going through the different spectrums of horror, so it's we're not trying to just get, hey, let, how many people can we scare away? It's just, there's one side of it, here's another side that's considered horror. Somewhere in the middle, or somewhere, like, just all over the place, so it's not just straight up get disgusted. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, next week we're doing Ichi the Killer, but the week after that we're going to do uh, a little movie called uh, Exists. And uh, that that one is uh, pretty pretty good, actually, as far, <laughs> as, uh, as, far as we got for it. But uh, got Bigfoot in it, and... Uh, Anything with Bigfoot and his horror is usually a 10 out of 10 in my book. It's always campy. <laughs> yeah, so um, I appreciate everyone for listening in. Um, we, we thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. If you want to support us or help us in any way, um, you can visit us on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, I, I, think, I think we have an Instagram um, but you can message us there, or you can look at the links uh, for Ents Gaming, and uh, you can also join our Discord and chat a little bit uh, with uh, with any of us here. But uh, we we really appreciate it, and uh, hope you stay spooky. Fantastic! And if you have any questions, comments, or any interaction that you want to do. We're happy to answer back. Please let us know, even suggestions for movies that you want us to watch or books to read or anything. And I will occasionally attempt impersonations. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Terribly. <laughs> I hope. All right, <laughs> you guys take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good day or night wherever you're at.